Paul School, brought to you by The Tote, with Luke Parkinson, Jamie Hart and Jamie Benson. So then we've got the two Jamies back alongside me, sorry for my absence in the last few weeks, holidays and stuff, I'm sure everybody's had them over August, but September is uh, the time in October where it proper gets going, jumps just around the corner. Obviously, we've had the death of Her Majesty as well, I'm sure both of you have uh, enjoyed all the tributes and stuff that have come in, but Racing-wise, obviously, there's a lot that comes with the Royals. I'll start with you, Jamie Benson. Any particular memories of watching any of the Queen's horses or maybe one or two bets landed on them? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing I found most interesting reflecting on it all was actually how it felt just like the end of an era. As much as, you know, you can go back to Estimate or even like for me as a Jumps fan, Barber's Shop and horses like that. Um, for me, it just felt like, oh, crap, this is properly the end of an era you know when you had uh Khalid Abdullah dying and Sheikh Hamdan you were like oh okay well that's a sort of changing of the guard but this felt like properly properly you know um momentous and um yeah she'll be sorely missed and and you know it's well documented how big an advocate she is of racing or she was of racing rather and um I will never see will never see such a positive advocate ever again um I'll be the highest profile person um British person in the world so yeah she's a she's a a huge loss to, to the country and to, to our great sport that we love but um you know these things time moves on we all move on um yeah hopefully hopefully we find more advocates let's get some of those footballers in um get, get give out we'll give out free school dinners if we can get um Marcus Rashford uh owning the derby winner yeah yeah that might be the way now and Jamie, how do you think Royal Ascot will be? Well, it was slightly different this year because she obviously didn't manage to get there, but uh, it'll probably have a different feel from now in, I imagine, because that was such a big draw for, for the non-racing fan anyway. Yeah, it'll be interesting just how, you know, and obviously Prince Charles is, also enjoys racing. He's, he's up, up, I was up in York, um, not in York, at Air, um, when in the past uh, business when we were sponsoring something, he was in the box with us for the day and, you know, it's very knowledgeable nice. still. And... Um, and I bumped it. I can remember when I was a kid when the Queen came to open the um, National Horse Racing uh, Museum in in Newmarket, and uh, everybody was kind of hanging off the hanging off the lampposts and stuff to try and get a glimpse of her. And then you know, about two years later, I was just on, on the members' lawn, popped out, you know, to just at, at the July course, and nearly nearly shoulder charged her just because she was there just to, to watch one of her horses. I thought, God, I'd be climbing. I was climbing a lamppost two years ago. Now she's just here, just next to the tote window. Excellent. You know, on the on the new market members lord so she, you know it'll be interesting we'll see how it all kind of pans out but she certainly will have left a massive breeding legacy she's got i mean if you if you look at um the stories about the the, the number of uh you know broodmares she has in foal at the moment and you know a real good crop coming through so i think that you know she'll certainly leave a stamp on the on the year uh, on the breed absolutely it'll be interesting to see no doubt there'll be a notable name that crops up throughout the season, Constitution Hill or something like that, that will get everybody teared up again. But uh, talking of play spot and stuff, hopefully the Queen was doing a play spot that day when you nearly shoulder barged her, but there's been plenty going on there. And um, a rollover, obviously a massive one, just over a week ago at Air. And then now we're looking at a, a £250,000 pot on one meeting every Saturday, which is brilliant news. Yeah, so we well. You know, we started to guarantee, we always guaranteed the jackpot, you know, just to make it worth playing. And that, you know, that has a standard guarantee of around, you know, 10 grand, goes bigger on the big days. 
but we'd never really guaranteed the play spot. So we thought we started to do it, do it for the racing league and um, the hundred grand play, uh, guaranteed play spot. And it really did seem to drive interest. So we're going to guarantee, <laughs> sorry, excuse me, guarantee every, oh, I'm allergic to winners. The, uh, every, uh, every uh, Saturday play spot will be um, 250 grand at least. Um, every, every, you know, the main meeting. So we've got something that we go there and then the real big ones, you know, Aintree will guarantee to, to half a million, Cheltenham, the, you know, the festival guarantee to a million. So um, that's the idea. And then we'll try, we'll look to have a hundred grand guarantee every day of the week. So there's always at least a six, there's always a six figure amount to win um, on the play spot, which is of course our, our most popular bet. And Benson, obviously when it comes to the, the betting tournament, she'll be uh, happy to know the play spot, Phil, you might, land a tournament off a play spot now? I mean, it's certainly a fillip for everyone else involved. It makes no difference to me because I'm absolutely one of the worst play spot players going. Um, I can't remember. Oh, I did, I did win, the, I did win the, the rollover the other day. I had my £5 straight line unknown favourite uh, get, get booed off just because that would have paid 100 to 1 for an unnamed, unnamed uh, five straight line with a £100,000 rollover. So, nice. you know, that would have been a lovely win for the mug punters like me. But... Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a great initiative. And uh, yeah, hopefully it means that other people will be able to beat me more convincingly uh, as if that were needed in the betting tournaments. Um, although I, did, I made, made a small profit at, at, at Leopardstown. Um, I had a 201 exactor coming up, nice. which was a, a nice bonus. And I think I ended up about 86 quid up after that, after doing my conquers on the rest of the card. <laughs> So just another new initiative that we're going to really get stuck into on this podcast anyway. A few people have probably seen it. Plenty of people are already playing it. But Talk Fantasy, Jamie Benson is something that you're leading for us at the tour and is now starting to really gain a bit of traction and we'll be getting promoted a lot more in the coming weeks, especially with the, the jumps arriving. Yeah, that's exactly right. And this is a product I've been working on for the past 18 months and it's been a real sort of labour of love and started as, a, as a, something to keep a, a few of us occupied during lockdown and has ended up in a full-blown game. And what fantasy is, what Tote Fantasy is, is effectively a cross between sort of fantasy football and the, and the place pot. Uh, if you've seen in the States the fan, growth of fantasy sports over there, the likes of FanDuel and DraftKings, it's very similar, um, but applied to racing. So the basic principle is, of a day, uh, there'll be seven races picked. Uh, you get your notional budget of 10,000 guineas and you have to pick one horse in each of the seven races. Uh, much like fantasy football, where you can't have Salah, Kane and all the, all the other favorites in, in there, you, you've got to pick basically one or two at most of the favorites. Um, you know, we're recording today on Thursday and, and there's racing Newmarket and you know, they're, there's horses like Thunderous who actually just got beaten, but he was 5,000 guineas, for example, at a shade of odds on. And, um, and he, uh, so you, you can have him, but then that gives you only 5,000 guineas to pick the remaining six horses in your stable. So it's about balancing your budget. It's about finding some value. And um, it's, it's about trying to pick winners, but also pick horses that hit the frame. Um, it's seven pounds to play at the moment. We'll be rolling it out a bit more widely. Um, so that uh, it runs on more days at the moment, so running anywhere between twice a week and five times a week, depending on what the race cards are like. And um, yeah, you also get two boosts to use. So much like in fantasy football, where you get your, your, your captain scoring double points, you have your stable star in Tote Fantasy that scores double points. And also you get another boost called Steward's Inquiry, uh, which 
you score the points for the position above wherever your horse finishes. So uh, the most interesting use of that is probably in small runner fields where you your horse might finish second a distance behind an odds-on shot, but you can use your steward's inquiry to score points for first. Uh, it's a bit more tactical than the, than the stable style. But yeah, the whole thing is it's just a different way to look at it. It's more of a game than, than it is anything else. And uh, it's hopefully... Uh, a, a great addition to people's sort of Saturday and hopefully the rest of their week betting portfolio. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited about it. I, I, I will be something of a fancy evangelist going forward, but that's mostly just because I'm a punter and I love playing it. Um, you know, it's easy to sell something you really believe in. So um, Jamie, I know, I know you, uh, you've had slightly mixed, mixed performance, shall we say, but still, but you're still yeah, a, a, a big fan. I'm very, I'm, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Um, I've not, I've not been anywhere near as successful at it as you have. You do, I think it's because I get, I, I think I do too many um, mid, I end up with a lot of mid-range ones rather than having, you know, a couple of hot favourites and then some outsiders. I think that might be a better way, but you can, you can play more than, you know, you're not limited on the number of goes you have. I think it's also, it's quite a nice one. Um, if you've got people that don't go racing very often and you get them racing um, just to do, you know, they're, they're, and they're not big punters, you know, it's seven quid, which goes into the prize pool and gets, gets divvied out. It's only a pound a race, you know, so if you, you know, if you've got somebody that just, you know, that only really wants to spend a pound a race when they're going or when they're watching TV, or you've got somebody with them, it's a really kind of, it's a, it's a kind of nice low entry uh, way to get into, into the racing and get interested in it uh, without risking too much. Also the top 25% of people, so make a profit. So you've only got to be in the top quarter to make a profit. And if you do happen to win it, you you win quite quite a bit. So it's 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 just a, it's a it's a nice way in. Um, I do I like the stewards' inquiry, the bit where you jump ahead. Um, but the worst thing, and then you're kind of wanting it to come second because you then if your horse wins and you, you you can't get any more points than already winning. So you you know you've kind of worked, you've you've wasted your your stewards' inquiry. It's like that, that having a having a trump at the last at the last hand, you know whenever when but nobody's got anything to follow you anyway. It's, it's but it's it's a really interesting way to play and I'm, I'm glad that we're looking to do it every day because I think it's one of those things I just need to get it into my into a habit because I, I if I'm not doing everything something pretty much every day I kind of forget it's there but when when things are only on certain days so now that we're doing it far more often it's it's something I can I pick up and I do it in the morning and you know on my way to work if you're on the train or something like that it's it's a nice thing to do just to work your way through and the good thing about it unlike a place spot which too often you know you go into a meeting you've done your place spot in the morning you come out of the meeting and then you find out your place spot's done before you've even watched the race with this if you're down in the if you, if you if you bomb out in the first race you can still win it potentially you can certainly get into the top 25 because you've still got runners in all of the other races you're not over till it's over you know so it's 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 far more of a kind of long long lasting bet than than any of our other kind of multi-leg bets where you can just be out yeah Benson, i'm just going to put you a little bit on the spot but what's sort of how has it been going so far what are the sort of stories of winners and things that have been anyone that's what are the sort of prize pools that people have took home already yeah so so at the moment i said the the prize pool would be anywhere between 1250 and 1750 pounds um we've had a few incredible wins we had emma berry um, uh, the well, world-renowned uh, racing journalist, she won it. She called it the most exciting day of her life, which, uh, which I thought was very kind of her. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, 
I suspect one of one of her and John's many winners might have uh, might have topped it. But um, you know, we we she she won it that day. I think with four winners out of seven um, and a couple of close horses. And so you know, it's, these aren't being won by people picking all seven winners. You know, they're being they're being picked. I mean, I think we had one pool that was won by someone with two winners. Um, you know, it was just a particularly difficult day, and two winners was enough to to pick up the money. And um, you know. We've seen it's also been quite humbling uh, for uh, for the for some of our shrewder punters. So, for instance, Rory Delaghi has been a big fan of it, and um, he I'm sure he won't mind me saying that despite his unbelievably stellar performances in the in the betting tournaments, which have seen him basically every time challenging for the win, uh, he's yet to properly challenge for the win in fantasy, um, which I don't, which I which which I basically remind him at every given opportunity. But it's it's interesting the sort of the balance of it because of the the way the mechanic works uh, with the with the your budget um, and you can see like in fantasy football you can see how popular each horse is so it's not even necessarily about picking out the horses that are value at their price it's about picking out horses that maybe other people don't have that could outperform their price um, and things like that so uh, yeah that's that's a direct line to Rory Delaghi telling him to cop on to himself. And <laughs> he'll probably win a massive pot now as soon as we've said that. <laughs> I think that's and that's definitely one to take into account. Is it is it is, and it, and really it's the same thing you should do on the play spot, you know, in terms of work, work and the tend to follow and things like that. Do take it take into account how many other people have, have got it. It's like it's like with the uh, tend to follow. Of course, every, I've got Baid in my stable, but say it's eighty three percent of the other people, and you get you get excited when you go, oh, Baid's got one another twenty five points, but of course every single other person in the in, in the top half of the leaderboard's got another 25 points. So it doesn't really make any difference. So you've got to look for those ones that nobody else has got that are really going to make the difference. And I love that. You know, you, if you see some of, you know, there's a horse with 30, 35% of picks. I normally leave them when, well alone, but it's, it, that might be why I'm losing. I don't know, Jamie, whether you leave those alone or not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's, it's uh, to be honest, what I tend to do, my main way of doing it is I would do two or three stables. Um, so it comes to about 20 quid, or well, it comes to 21 pounds. But, you know, for me, in my head, it's a 20 quid spend. And um, what, what, what I'll do is I'll have, so on any given day, also with the, with the races that are picked, because they're the ITB races um, and the, all the graded races, you, you do include those short price favourites. So where a scoop six or something like that might not include those races because they aren't on, on paper that competitive. They are really competitive in this context because you've got you can't be with all of the favourites. So what I would tend to do is I'd sort of pick, you know, I base one stable around one favourite, another stable around another favourite, and then sort of fill in the gaps a bit. Um, and so, so basically, split your strategy. So kind of whichever way it goes, you're in with a shout. That seems to have worked pretty well so far, but. Um, Generally speaking, I use the popularity the most when I'm a bit unsure outside of the top of the market to what might be value. And I look down at sort of 750 and under, 750 guinea and under horses. And if you see one there with sort of 15, 20%, you think, okay, cool, that's probably good value. The shrewdies know what they're doing. <laughs> Definitely. I suppose the tactics are very similar for people who might be more familiar with fantasy football and stuff where everybody wants to have Haaland in the team. But like we were saying, you can't have every top player in and this is sort of very similar so for somebody who's maybe having it giving it a go for the first time this weekend or whatever that's a similar thing if you've played fantasy football that you can adopt and bring across 
hundred percent. And one of the things we quite regularly see, especially in the winning stables, is that you might get a favorite that, so let's say you have two favorites in different races, that one is, that they're both 5,000 guineas, because they both say on when the Friday night, when the races got priced up for the Saturday, they were both about the same in the market. And, but then one comes in for massive support and one goes on the drift. So the one that goes on the drift drifts out to about two to one in the market. They're both still 5,000 guineas in fancy. And the one that gets backed goes on to twos on. So for the same price, you're getting either a twos on shot or a two to one shot. So obviously everyone goes with a twos on shot. And you could get this horse then being sort of 80% stables and the other horse being in 5% stables. And that doesn't mean it's still a two to one shot. It's not a 500 to one shot. Yeah. You know, it's still a two to one shot. And if you go down the route of including him in your, I'm well, sorry, that horse in your, in your stable and, he, and it wins and the other one somehow gets beat, you are head and shoulders above everyone else and you're away to a hell of a start. So it's just thinking about it a bit differently. Like you say, like the, like the fancy football, um, you know, I slightly missed the Harland folk. Yeah, I did as well. Football, but, there's, but there's kind of no point in subbing him in now because everyone else already has him. Yeah. Um, he says, desperately wishing he'd done that last week and the week before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I kept hold of Son too long and took him out when he scored a hat-trick last weekend. So I suppose it's the same there. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad beat. Yeah, and that's, exactly. and that's, a, and that, that's something to remember as well. Once you do commit your, your, um, your, your stable, your seven, you can change it if there's been a late change. If, if there's been lots of movement in the um, in the market, and you suddenly think, "Oh, I'm not with, I don't have the value here. I want to, or I do want to change it, or everyone's over backing one," you can go right until the first race. You can go in and, and swap swap your kind of swap your team around. You've paid your money already, so you're in. But it doesn't cost you anything to change it. You can just go in and change them on any of your on any of your um, fancy entries. So it, you, it's just like any other bet. Well. Any other bet, you know, it's not it's not on until the first race goes off, really effectively. You know, you can yeah. still move around. So so do bear that in mind when you're playing. You, you know, you might suddenly rue one. Or, you know, and, and and Jamie, what happens if I've picked one the day before and then there's a non-runner? Do, do I have to come in and, and change it? What 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 happens there? So so basically if you if you have a non-runner, you are able to edit it all the way up to the first race. But if you have a non-runner and you don't edit it, or there's a non-runner after the first race, so uh, you will automatically get get subbed in a replacement horse. So uh, similarly to uh, Premier League, where you have your bench, uh, here you will get subbed in the horse of as closest uh, equal value. So basically, if you have a horse of of 1,250 guineas and it gets and it's declared non-runner, you'll get any horse of 1,250 guineas or below. Uh, subbed in so yeah basically immediately because it was always one of my huge frustrations when um you can play other fancy games and if for whatever reason you miss that something's not declared or someone's not running or or what have you then uh, you score zero whereas this is this is not the case in, in actual fact i've had a couple where i um i ended up in the money because a horse that i found that, that i fancied was a non and the sub that i got in won and, <laughs> and i was immensely grateful for having initially in the morning been shouting at the train to go run them, run them, and then later being like, oh, great decision. Would never have won on that ground. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite it's quite interesting as well, because otherwise you, you can imagine that people could game it. If it went on to the favourite, I'd just be looking for five non-runners, wouldn't I? Because I wouldn't yeah. be able to afford five favourites. So, so it's, it's, you can see why that it, why it goes with a similar similar um, price towards. And I suppose like what we've just said, like a lot of our products, playing late is the key then here, because you're going to see the best of the options, what prices have changed, what horses might be non-runners. So 
even though can well, how early can you play this, Jimmy? If it's a Saturday card, when can you enter and when could you change so, it from and to kind of thing? Yeah, so the um, the pool tends to open about uh, twenty four hours before the uh, before the races go off. Uh, if there's a pool running the day before, it will open as soon as that pool is shut. Um, but yeah, they're always open the night before, which is which means you can go and have. And what I tend to do, I tend to go in, enter enter a couple of stables that I like, uh, then forget about it, and then I might go back the next day and see if I want to change them because basically there's nothing worse than just you get called up and you're still going, call cool, I'll do it later, and then you forget, and then you're not in. And Jamie and I both know there is only one thing worse than a loser, and that's not being on. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. And, what, and then, and it, yeah, sorry. That, sorry, that's what, and it happened to me, because I, I, I thought, oh, no, I, I don't want to pick an on-runner, and I don't want, so I, I put it off, and then I did. I'd have to go and do something. And then it was an early start. It was like a 120 start or something, and it soon catches you out. Then now I do... I, I always put it in because I know I can change it. Yeah. So you may as well, as soon as you remember it, and especially the night before, where, you know, perhaps if you're going back from work or something like that, you're on a trail, anything where you've got a bit of downtime, get it in there so that you don't miss out because the, there's nothing worse than not being on. Absolutely. So to make sure people do get on, Benson, just remind us where you can play it and how you can follow it. There's a Twitter page as well. Yeah, exactly. So it's just available on a tab on the Tote website. So tote.co.uk forward slash fantasy or tote.ie forward slash fantasy. And um, yeah, it's there on the on the website. Uh, you can follow the Twitter handle at Tote Fantasy on Twitter um, for there's some sort of quite lighthearted, uh, <laughs> quite lighthearted stuff on there. But uh, but also reminding you of, sort of when the pools are open and when the next one is and and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I'd highly recommend you all, you all just give it a go once. Like, um, I, whenever, whenever I sort of explain it to people, um, I, I can spend, like I have done today, a while boring on about it. But the, the best way to do it is just go on and have a go because honestly, it is, it's, it, it's, I would, I'm biased, but it's the only bet that I make sure I do every weekend. Uh, well, I have that and the trifecta all over. But <laughs> Which is a big one this weekend. Which is oh, the, the Cambridge here. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be around 20 grand rolling into it in the Cambridge yeah. Association. And if you get the trifecta of the Cambridge it's big anyway, but it'll be a, like three months. It'll be at least double the tricast and probably three times, I should imagine. Yeah. And, and, and with that rollover, the pool will probably be about £100,000, won't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so it'll be, it'll, it'll be if, you get an, if you get an upset there, you'll, it will be able to pay a big number. Yeah. The scoop six is going quite well as well, isn't it, for this weekend? Yeah, the scoop six is about, but it will be about four hundred and fifty grand, probably between the two big pools, so the win pool and the and the bonus pool that you get to go for the week after. So, yeah, it's a proper number, and we've got a good mix of racing for it this weekend. We've got you know group rate. Well, we've got the uh, the middle park is in the scoop six. Mm. It's only an eight runner race, but it looks fiercely competitive, especially you know the front six probably. And that you've got the Cambridgeshire, you've got the Goffs Million. Out in yeah. um, out, out in Ireland at the Curra, which you know a million pounds in prize money for for that. So that and that always does tend to be competitive. Yeah. So and and a and a couple of races from Haydock as well, some decent handicaps there. So it's it's really something to get your teeth into. Yeah, a bit of everything. And Benson, just on the fantasy, you've picked out the races for the weekend. Are we allowed to say what they are for Saturday? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, it's basically it's all of the group races. Um, as well as as well as the Goss Million, it starts at I believe one fifty. Um, I'm just uh, panically um, get, getting up the uh, yeah. <laughs> the races. No, 
plenty but of good yeah, racing sorry, sorry, yes. so it matches in with all the other bets if you're playing the scoop six or you you're having a play spot then there's reason to be yeah or the, or the it the itv7 yeah. um place but the, i think the itv7 is um it's matching that because it's but the they might change the the first race in the ITV seven because I think the the Royal Lodge has only got four de declarations and normally if they if it if it yeah. really cuts up they sometimes swap out the four runner race, but um, yeah there's there's some great you know great two year olds in action it's a big two year old day supported by some you know big handicaps including the first leg of the autumn double, and and what what will be interesting there is that in the Royal Lodge flying honours will be six thousand guineas. So yeah, he's probably going to win, but he's going to leave you. If you pick him, there's only four thousand guineas left for your remaining six horses. So yeah. what I'll probably do is I'll probably leave him out. Uh, I'll probably pick the foxes, who I was really, really impressed by at Goodwood. Use my stable star on him. Hope it, hope he beats Greenland and Dubai Mile in second. Score the points for first, and then probably stable star Trillium in the um, in the middle part because you get more points for. Um, uh, for the number, for how big the field is, so above uh, eight runners, you score. So you would score twenty-two points for that. And if she then wins by a length or more, you would get an extra two bonus points. So you could get twenty-four points for that versus just twenty-one if um, if the favourite wins the Royal Lodge. So it's about doing that. And if I say we'll start her, you get double points. And so so do you see what I mean? It's it's more the thinking around it, and then actually you could end up by by picking the second place in the Royal Lodge and, and the winner of the Middle Park, you actually end up in a better position than having, and with more budget to spend on the rest of your card. Uh, and, so. and, and the bit the, the thing I like about the big handicaps is you can get, I mean, you know, they're all 20 to one chances, so they're not that expensive. So you can, you can use your big money on the, those smaller field favourites and go in there with, you know, and normally I've, I've always got something that, you know, up in the 20s, so if the, the uh, Cambridge and the Cambridge also is is a massive gambling race in the sense that there tends to there tends to be a, a there always tend to be a couple that get crushed in the market and because we set the price or the the guineas prices the cost yeah. of each of them the day before there would definitely be a bit of value in there but then I probably won't go with the value because I think too many people will be with it and I want to kind of come over the top with the, the last race at Cambridge to to steal the money yeah 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 exactly. I mean Mushabel would probably be about 1,250 guineas uh, and then everything else will be this is 750 guineas bar um, but you'll get something there that's currently 14, 12 to 1 in the market that'll get backed into 5 to 1 yeah. um, or there or thereabouts so you'll basically you'll probably end up in a world where Mushabar and something else are the same price at the front of the market in odds terms but in in the fant in fantasy Mushabar will be more expensive so it's you know it's just, but but the but then the popularity will reflect that. So it's worth just keeping an eye on what everyone else has picked. Definitely, I love that it's guineas as well. By the way, it's great that. <laughs> yeah, I think that came before the idea of fantasy. Yeah, <laughs> the first thing that was suggested was price it in guineas. <laughs> Definitely, proper old school. Right, guys, I think that'll probably do us. We will add the talk fantasy into the podcast more often, and then we can give an update on the the weekend race. I think that'd be a a good way of doing it and giving some selections a bit more tactically than just finding winners. So thanks for, for running us through that. Been perfect. And uh, have a good weekend and hopefully you win the top fantasy. Nice one.